Here we are in week 32 of the 50 states, 50 weeks, and 50 coffee shop series. I'm talking with Yami Korea from the Sister Yard in New York. She is the CEO and co-owner along with her sister Christina of the Sister Yard. Yami has a background in culinary and her sister in nutrition. They combine their two passions to create their unique and healthy recipe of coconut cold brew. They bring their experience of growing up with a slower-paced food and beverage culture from Venezuela to make their cold brew stand out. Thanks to Devotion Coffee for recommending the Sister Yard for this podcast. If you have a shop you recommend, feel free to email me at baristatalkshow at gmail.com. With that, grab your coffee or tea and let's get started. My name is Yami. It's short for Yamilet. I am the, I think it's officially CEO, co-founder and co-owner of the Sister Yard Coffee. It's like a quite a long sentence to say. Your name's so close to my friend Yemi's name. So that's great. So your sister's also in business with you, right? Correct. The coffee actually started right when the pandemic started. We were basically in close down because there was nothing else to do. And we had been making the coffee for maybe a year or so for ourselves. The sister actually started as cooking classes. I graduated from culinary school. My sister graduated from nutrition. And we had been playing with that or with the marrying the two for quite some time. And somehow we landed in cooking classes. We felt like there was a lack of knowledge in when people were cooking and taste, flavor, nutrition, all of it kind of marries together. And I feel like there's a disconnection somewhere in between. And that's what, like, that's when we decided to do cooking classes. Those came to an end because of COVID. And this coffee was something that we were making for ourselves just because we had full-time jobs and we had the cooking classes going. And then we kind of experimented with that right then and there. Okay. So you quickly pivoted and said, what else can we offer? Yeah, but it was, it was crazy because we kind of did it as an experiment and something like fun to do. And we just said something like along the lines of what if we launch this product and maybe it's going to suck and maybe it's going to like spoil in our fridge, but you know, why not? We have nothing else to do. So <laughs> why not try something else? And we did it. And it sold out within the same day that we had like the pre pre-ordering, um, which was crazy. And we were like, okay, maybe there might be something else here. But at the same time, we thought coffee was going to be one of the first items, per se, of our CPG, quote-unquote, line. And we said, maybe we're going to start with coffee because it's the easiest thing to do. And then we'll launch the other products. Two years later, we're still doing only coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see it developing into more or do you like staying with cold brew? We honestly really love the cold brew and it's very versatile. So what we see in the future is developing more different ways of our product or let's say like adding it already mixed with different milks, which we, that's what we offer in the market. Or maybe with another product like collagen or yeah, something along those lines that's going to be the same product, but slightly different. So many variations of the same. Got it. I like that you and your sister decided to mesh your two passions of culinary and nutrition and how to really make something out of that together. That's really special. It is. It really is, especially because right at the beginning, we really didn't get along at all. I feel like once I graduated from culinary or was doing culinary, I was like 
all the way to let's say the black area and she was all the way to the white area with nutrition as in like she would only eat vegetables like raw vegetables and salads and etc so on and so forth and I would only eat like very like I don't know creamy and buttery and like fatty stuff because it was like oh I'm I'm a chef so this is the thing that you do and like we were very much in opposite ends until like I don't know somehow it we started to like meet in the middle and not be so to one end or the other but like have a kind of a balance which helped us very much in our day-to-day life as well what's that look like to run a business with your sister well, it's it, it, at the beginning, it's a little complicated because you have to learn how to like leave your ego at the door. And I think it's made us grow so, so much as sisters and as business owners. It's very important to, to learn like which boundaries are like when we're sisters and when we're talking about business. I think we learn to yeah leave like that side apart or that ego or that blindness of saying like I'm right because I'm your older sister per se (laughs) it's just like the two of us are looking towards the end goal which is like making our our business successful so it's just a matter of saying okay we can try your way and see what happens or we can try my way and see what happens and go from there that's a really good lesson for really any business owners to just stay (laughs) humble and open especially in a partnership when it's your sister and your business is co-owned together and you really do have to be on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I think we wasted a lot of time like bumping heads and like being mad at each other and then like, you just realize you're literally wasting time. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> just, yeah, sure, your idea sounds great. Like, let's try it out. And if not, we're going to go back to the same. And like, it just makes it that much better, smoother, easier and if it ends up like not working out, then okay, like we're going to go back and do it again. And that's how it goes. That's a good perspective to have. What really got you interested in coffee? Obviously a background in culinary, but before that, was there something that spurred on this passion or like a background in coffee that you just grew up with? I honestly did not drink, well, neither of us drank coffee until like our 20s, I would say my parents or our parents were always coffee drinkers but they were not like coffee snobs like they would just drink whichever coffee out of like the stovetop they used to do that or my grandma used to always drink coffee in there then they became like Nespresso lovers and they got like the the fanciest Nespresso machine with the frother that's when they became like real coffee people quote unquote (laughs) And so we were only always used to doing the the little espresso shots with the with the foamy milk on top. And I think that's a little of what we actually give our customers during the market days, because after that, we were just like growing forever. And now all of the coffee needs to be frothed. So I think I do give that to my parents. But we love the flavor. Yes. But we also enjoyed like the rawness of the coffee. We used to do CrossFit for like five years, I think. And we used to wake up maybe like around 4 or 5 a.m. And we just needed the energy. So here's when we started drinking like black espresso shots and so on and so forth. But we didn't have espresso machine at home. So our whole point of making the cold brew was to have something that was tasty and kind of relatable to espresso shot, but not necessarily need it. Like this massive home equipment to have it at home. Oh, okay. Yeah. And to make it really 
easy for you when you wake up early. It's already pre-made and Correct. ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the coconut element came about because of um, not having to add any sugars to it. My sister is a nutrition major. We were always very aware of like how much sugar you're adding and like depending on what, how many meals you're having throughout the day. Like I would much rather have a sweet during the day than having sugar in my coffee just because it like the addition of day over day after day after day just becomes overwhelming how to avoid adding sugar to your morning coffee and to have it still taste just as good just as yes. creamy <laughs> on the go perfect ready to go <laughs> i was doing a little bit of homework and i was reading on your website that you're from venezuela yes we are How's the coffee culture in Venezuela compared to the U.S.? Coffee culture there is very strong. Extreme, I wouldn't say it's as strong as Colombian, um, but it is. Uh, I think we learned, yeah, the, the coffee culture back then. I was 17 when I moved to the U.S. My sister was 15 because we're two years apart. The transition, I think, with food in general was very different. Here it's just so much more fast-paced everything and I think back there, we were used to the slow pace of having or sharing meals and like everybody sits at the table and everybody shares a meal. Like it's usually lunch, which is odd to say, because now that after living here for so many years, I don't see that happening. But yes, it's like, oh, dad will come home from work and like have lunch at the table and everybody sits together after we get home from school. And then he goes off and goes back to work. And then the same thing for dinner. There was a cultural shock like right away. Like I don't remember that much about coffee because we were so young or not so young, but we never like really drank coffee when we were back there. But culture of kind of a little bit slower pace with the food alone kind of says something about the way food is treated and possibly coffee too, just a little bit more slow or considerate. Does that sound right? Absolutely. It's just there's like a thought behind it versus the need to just consume food. It seems like you've taken that idea and put it into what you're doing with cold brew too, is saying, how do we make it really healthy? We understand we're here with busy people, busy lives, but how do we still give the experience of a slower crafted beverage? Correct. Absolutely. I think that's transition throughout everything that we've done. When we referred to the cooking classes, it was the same thing. We wanted to resemble the slow pace of the meal that we were that we were giving or producing. It was a matter of like having local ingredients and giving people the time to cook together and saying how there is this intention that you put into the food or it could be the food, it could be the coffee, it could be your morning yogurt, anything that you consume, like you consume it or you prepare it with an intention and that intention is still like, what you are consuming and it's going to your body just like the food is going into your body we've stayed very strong with that same thought of intention of what you make and what you consume i can appreciate that and really like that you've taken that as a focus because i think the coffee culture has become a little bit more intentional over time thankfully because it needs to be (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's just impressive to hear what you've done. And it is such a simple product when you think about it, but there's a lot of thought that goes into cold brew, just cold brew alone. 
It's crazy. We were told that this wasn't going to be possible at all and that a lot of people had tried to put coconut water into coffee and that it just doesn't work. And all of this, like, knows right before even, like, launching the first, first batch. And I honestly don't know how it really came about. It was just, like, us trying to invent things in the kitchen and, like, try things out. And coconut seemed to be the thing. And we were, we have been coconut fans forever, but we didn't really think it was going to be an it. And it's <laughs> funny how you say it. It's so simple yet so complex. I don't think any other coffee businesses actually has any other ingredient that's not the pure coffee. And we do toast our own coconut chips, which those mix into the coffee grounds. And then we pour the coconut water over it, creating this like beautiful, delicious, rich juice. <laughs> as you may call it, which is our cold brew. That sounds delicious. I haven't tried it, obviously, but it sounds really, really good. (laughs) Very, very yummy. Your business is a little bit unique because I've talked with many shop owners who have a storefront, but it sounds like you're mainly doing online and some markets. Is that where you're at? Yes, we are mainly online. That's how it started. And last year was our first direct-to-customer or customer-facing place, which was and still is Smirgasburg. We are doing World Trade Center Fridays, um, what is it, Williamsburg Saturdays, and Prospect Park Sundays. These three locations are in New York City. And there's a fourth one, which is Smirgasburg, Miami, that just opened this year, and it's on Saturdays as well. So those are our four customer-facing places in Miami and in New York City, and we are looking to open retail sometime probably next year. We are trying to expand our online presence across more states, and then we're probably going to do retail from there. Woohoo! That's really exciting. Very, very exciting. Honestly, it's crazy to even tell the story, and I don't know, I think as, as a business owner, you may say that, we have been doing this for years now, which is absolutely right. But then at the same time, you feel like it's too little of, a, of time or it's too much. And then like you start to get this uh, very realistic goal because it's not like I could say that we want to get into retail next month or like before the end of the year. But then you start like doing the math and getting to the numbers and saying like, how many more months are there in the year? Is it realistic? Probably not. That's a good place to land too, is to say, what can we do? realistically what's a good timeline to aspire to where you do feel like you can reach your goals and setting ones that are practical I would really like to hear about other shops in New York that you recommend I heard about you through Devotion Coffee and I know there's so many coffee shops to choose from in New York I'm doing all that Devotion like recommended us or like I'm like there all the time I'm like who are you yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think that you guys know of us they're so big they are huge but they totally know who you are <laughs> that is insane right now I have a really big favorite for well it's coffee pastries and bread it's called La Cabra um this one is on 152 and 2nd Avenue it's like the this tiniest like boutique coffee shop that it's absolutely amazing and now I'm there like more than I should (laughs) (laughs) so so good 
Cafe Integral. There's this one, I think it's in Soho or towards the East Village. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but I'm also there a lot. It's a great place to work and drink your coffee. Other than that, well, Devotion, it's definitely like my top one. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, I feel like I pop into a million teeny tiny coffee shops, but I never remember names. <laughs> Like I said, there's just so many to choose from that it is helpful to have someone's recommendation when you go somewhere new. Absolutely. And I feel like coffee shops in New York are just in every single corner. I'm sure more have popped up over the past two years and some have closed. Yes, absolutely. You are seeing a lot of that. Well, I'm happy that you get to share your story with other people and my hope is that inspires other business owners who may not be in the coffee world to do the hard thing, to take the long journey, and to try something new. Absolutely. I encourage you all. Just step out. (laughs) You just have to start. Just have to start. I like that. Thank you for taking time today. Absolutely. We'll have a great rest of your day, and I hope I can send you some coffee sometime soon. Oh, I would really enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great.